live from the capital of the Commonwealth, this is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. All right, we have officially made it halfway through the week, right? This is Wednesday. This is the midpoint of our sports huddle for a Wednesday and for the week. So half of it's behind us and the second half to go. Hopefully it will be even better than the first half, and we know it will be as we start out the second hour of today's sports huddle. Uh, welcome or welcome back. Hopefully you were with us in the 4 o'clock hour. You know we dominated the conversation with a lot of baseball in the 4 o'clock hour. We'll do a little bit more of that later in the 5, but we're going to press pause on that, go in a couple of other sports directions to get the 5 o'clock hour underway. Welcome back. Bob Black here, AJ producing in our ESPN Richmond studios and our top of the hour guest, and he's getting ready to get back into this biz again in addition to everything else he does and during the football season has been a regular contributor on our program and it's great to catch up with him in the summertime and particularly when he has really good news to share for us and for the listeners down in the Norfolk area he's our good friend Scott Jackson who joins us this afternoon Scott congratulations and how have you been my friend I'm hearing you guys as well, so I'm kind of having a hard time. As Chris Canty is screaming under me right now. Wow, Chris Canty versus Bob Black. There we I'm go. not there sure. We go. Much would, better, much better. Thank you. Whoever did would, that. Would Chris Canty win that screaming match, or would Bob Black win that screaming match? I don't know. He was pretty fired up. They were talking Powerball <laughs> or something uh, about winnings, and I, I don't know. It was like I was hearing two things at once, and I was like, man, I got to really get this tonight's fix. But anyway, <laughs> or, uh, thank you. Or, I- or would Scott Jackson? <laughs> win that screaming match now that you're now that you're back in the biz uh tell our audience a little bit about what's happening with you scott and how it all kind of came about for you it's very exciting particularly for the listeners down there in norfolk well thank you uh yeah looking forward to getting started uh july 31st down at uh priority automotive sports radio 94 <laughs> one uh espn radio gonna make sure I, I take care of priority automotive good people uh so uh down selmore appreciate that so yeah, I'm going to be starting there, um, kind of a full circle moment in a sense, where I started at a college at Old Dominion. I was at the Score 1310 way back when, which was the only all-sports station down there, the same uh, you know, same group of, of radio stations, um, in addition to the country music fans out there, the New Eagle 97 probably. So uh, it's the Old Dominion flagship. Of course, I've been doing games for them on uh, ESPN+, Plus, in addition to Commander's uh, Radio uh, over the last couple of years, and obviously I was doing a ton of stuff for the Guys up in D.C. at 980 and 106.7 as well. But, yeah, you know, look, I've been, I've been kind of in this space since the, uh, the Red Zebra end uh, where I've been a freelancer for almost going on five years. I mean, it's been a long road uh, to get back to a Monday through Friday, kind of a somewhat stable situation, although we've doing a lot of other things. So uh, I'm excited. Uh, I'm glad I could do it down there. I really like the people down there. Still know a lot of people that, I mean, my God, I started radio Real long ago, they, they did a real nice thing. They like to mention how many years I've been doing radio this week, which really made me feel bad uh, and old. But, you know, so a lot of the people are still there. Uh, a lot of people I know are still in the audience, which have been really just overwhelmed with the, the nice things people have said over the last uh, day and a half about, you know, excited to have me back down there. So I'm looking forward to it. So we'll get started in, you know, a couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, got a lot of things to talk about down there. A lot of things that people talk about in Richmond, they talk about down there and D.C. as well. It's a lot of crossover. So, 
that part of it's good. Obviously, the Tides are having an amazing season, uh, the Orioles AAA team, and uh, that, that, that'll be fun to watch down the stretch in the International League and, and obviously excited about uh, that Old Dominion uh, Virginia Tech opener on that Friday uh, before Labor Day. That's going to that's gonna be a lot of fun. And, of course, you'll also have the Commanders to talk about. Oh, yeah, about. there's that. There is that. And within the next 48 hours, it should be the new Washington Commanders, right? I mean, I'm looking at one headline yep. right now. Final obstacles for Commanders sale are removed. This should be voted on tomorrow, Scott, and the sale should be finalized by Friday, right? Knock on wood, this should be happening. Yeah, and, and it's going to be exciting to hear Josh Harris because, I mean, let's be real, this, this is an owner, or this is a franchise, excuse me, that has not had an owner really speak to its fans about anything uh, except, uh, hey, I'm hiring this guy and it's going to work this time kind of stuff, right? That's mm-hmm. all we've heard. Or him talking in front of Congress via Zoom, uh, being deposed, you know, these kind of things, or, you know, leaked uh, audio of him talking to get his gaming license. I mean, that's all we've heard from our owner uh, of this franchise for, over the last uh, two, you know couple seasons, so it's been weird. I mean, there's you know we have uh, a situation where you're going to actually have a, a face and a voice and, and somebody with an accountability and a group with some accountability and with some roots in the area. Um, and I think with more importantly some pro sports experience. And I know, look, uh, you're you're a Philadelphia guy, you know Sixers. Not, it's not all perfect. Uh, nope. The New Jersey Devils, you know, they're kind of in a rebuild and they they, they hit hit it pretty good this year, but it's still early stages. Uh, but he comes in here with pro sports experience. I do think that's important. And look, the, the biggest thing is he's just not Dan Snyder. I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean, <laughs> the, the bottom line is the new person is not Dan Snyder. We've already seen some obstacles cleared uh, for Josh Harris and this group if if they want to uh, take advantage of him in terms of the District of Columbia with the stadium. Now I don't know how far that'll go. I mean, it doesn't mean it's going to absolutely happen there, but it's certainly more. And roads have been built and, and already are tr- attempted to be paved for them than there ever was. For, for Dan Snyder uh, over these uh, last uh, few decades as the owner of, of the uh, Washington Redskins, Washington football team, and Washington Commanders. Scott, is that the expectation that when this goes through, there will be you know an immediate public presence of Josh Harris? I mean, there are a lot of owners and a lot of yeah. sports who don't who don't do that sort of thing, and not for bad reasons like like Snyder. They they just stay kind of behind the scenes, but. Is it important that he gets out in front and make sure the fan base sees the new face of the franchise? Absolutely, and I think he's got to put out the vision. You know, they're going to talk about obviously looking for a new home. That's a big long-term project for the stadium. Uh, you got to talk about the short term as well. I think a lot of our fans want to know: Is Commanders here to stay? I think it is. I don't think there's any chance of rebranding, but you know, he needs to get that message out there quickly. I think he'll be asked about it if he doesn't want to share it. Um, he's got to talk about, obviously, what kind of environment they're going to build for uh, the team, uh, the people that work there in the front office, and the staff that was not present, obviously, when Dan Snyder was at his worst and was involved. Obviously, the last several years, he has not been involved much at all, uh, you know, by NFL, uh, you know, NFL punishment or whatever you want to call it, or his own punishment of himself, if you believe some of the things that have been written here recently. So, however that worked, uh, you know, he hasn't really been hands-on, I mean, and, and then obviously the expectation of the team, more importantly, I think, for a lot of us, we just want to finally get through all the excuse-making and the built-in, oh, it's impossible to win here because of Dan stuff is, you know, what, what's going to happen with the team if they don't hit their goals this year? I mean, is it is it going to be, uh, you know, Josh Harris, is he going to immediately put somebody in that front office to have eyes and ears on what's going on, you know, to kind of have a closer look at the staff and those kind of things? So, you know, I think that's what we want to hear. We want to hear what the expectations are what he thinks. I mean, this was a team that was very close to making the playoffs last year. 
Um, you know, you could certainly argue if they hadn't put Carson Wentz back on the field, maybe they would have actually made it, won that Cleveland game. We'll never know, unfortunately. But it's certainly um, in any other offseason, I think last year you could have really made a case to fire the person who made that decision, which was Ron Rivera. But because it was such a goofy uh, scenario, he was able to throw you know Scott Turner under the bus, who he had extended the previous offseason. Obviously, bring in Eric Bieniemy, and you know Eric Bieniemy's had a huge canvas here. Uh, to be really kind of setting the agenda for what they're doing in these uh, off-season workouts and scheduling and things like this. It's quite fascinating to watch uh, out there and hear uh, because he seems, you know, if you didn't know any better, if he just popped in, if you were just did, had no idea what the dynamics were there, you would think he was the guy in charge. Hmm. I would say it's fairly obvious, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that, you know, the overriding storyline as we get onto the field in just a week from now when training camp starts is Sam Howell quarterback and all eyes yep. are normally on the quarterback anyway. I get that, especially in Washington. And you've, you've detailed Eric Bieniemy's presence as well. And feel free to articulate on that. But is there an underlying storyline beyond that that you're particularly intrigued by as camp starts in another week? Well, I mean, again, just what's Ron Rivera's role in all this? I mean, he's bemoaning, um, you know, he and Jason Wright were having competitions to kind of elbow their way into the conversation this offseason for their new bosses. It appears Jason Wright's going to be here. Uh, I think Ron's certainly going to be here for this season. But, you know, he was kind of bemoaning all these other distractions he had to deal with. Well, now all the distractions will be eliminated. Uh, let's work your magic here in year four because, I mean, if you don't, I mean, there's really no point in starting a year five. So I think the big thing is, you know, He's, his job's on the line. Um, the rest, most of the staff, I'm sure, would fall into the same, you know, scenario depending on what the next person would do. But is there a way Eric Bieniemy, quite frankly, can build himself up here? You know, if he can make something out of Sam Howell in year one, even if they don't make the playoffs, it'd be fascinating to see how that could potentially go if you put him in position to be where he's, you know, so many times been uh, stopped, which is as a head coach. So I think there's there's some of that little underlying stuff there, I believe, and you know, more importantly, you know, it's just. Can, can this offense get better? I mean, how, however it happens, whether it's running the ball or is it, is it Sam Howell throwing the football, uh, they got a lot of skilled position guys that have some talent. Offensive line is still a huge question mark. Defense appears to have uh, you know made some nice additions in the secondary, but until we see it, you know, we won't know. They've they've done some good things, but they've never really been that type of defense that that can flat out win games for you on the regular basis. But you know, early in the season, they may need to carry this team. Uh, because, you know, the offense is still very new. It's, just, again, a first-year starter, all those things. So it, it's really just about winning. I mean, you know, all the excuses are, you know, can be thrown aside finally, and we, we can stop wondering if somebody's whispering in somebody's ear now. It's like, no, here, do your job and show us, you know, that uh, you can actually do the job you were brought in to do here, you know, four years ago as, as the guy who decides everything. A uh, lot, of, lot of input in the franchise from top to bottom from, from uh, this head coach. He's, he's been, you know, paid nicely for it, too, and it's got front office power. So uh, produce some results and, and less excuses. Hey, let's finish up with uh, Scott Jackson here this afternoon on the Sports Huddle 1061 ESPN. You alluded to it. Let's talk college football, Scott, for just a minute or two that, that we kind of sure. have remaining. And you mentioned Old Dominion. So, uh, and we are at, on this radio station contractually obligated to mention Old Dominion because our program director is an Old Dominion guy. No, I'm kidding. He is. Beautiful. He is. <laughs> he, he definitely is. So we do talk probably a little more yeah. Old Dominion than we normally would, which isn't necessarily yeah. a bad thing. Yeah. I, I like the folks down there at ODU as well. What's the the expectation there, Scott. I mean, three and nine last year, lost what yeah. the last five or I guess six games of the year. You mentioned it. It's not going to start easy at Virginia Tech on September second. What's kind of the the expectation down there? 
Well, like again, you know, much like the Commanders, it's like your your offense needs to take a big step forward. I mean, the defense, which is wild, because you remember the early years of Old Dominion football, the defense was not very good. Mm-hmm. They finally, over the last couple of years, have had really solid defenses. You know, really good defenses and in, in, in stretches. But the offense just was not up the up the par last year. Obviously, you know, the weird situation. The offense coordinator gets fired a few weeks before the season starts. Yeah. Uh, which which kind of set them behind. You got a brand new offensive coordinator coming in from Fordham. You know they were you know they lit up the scoreboard last year in the FCS. But again, this is this is a Sun Belt, very tough conference. They got a tough schedule. They got Louisiana in week two after mm-hmm. after Virginia Tech. That that's not going to be a cakewalk by any means. So yeah, I mean I, you know to me I, it's hard to say. I mean they start practice. I think the third day I start down there. I can't wait to get over there and kind of get a feel for it. The spring stuff's fine, but as you know, until they put on pads and really get into games because there's no preseason in college football and like the nfl we really don't have a great feel and you know, they still got a quarterback battle going on they've got like i said a lot of new pieces like everybody that's a mid-major program a million new faces a lot of turnover you know on a regular basis with this transfer portal so you know how does it all mesh together and can it mesh together quickly enough to <clears throat> excuse me have like a have a, have a successful season because they lost a lot of talent i mean even though they weren't a good team i mean ali jennings goes over to virginia tech that hurt lost your top running back. I mean, these kind of things, it certainly adds up. Scott, you got a lot to talk about down there, which is why yeah. you've got you've got four hours a day to do that That's starting right. at the end of July. <laughs> I know you're fired up about that, and I, I told our audience, look, we're on at the same time now. Maybe we'll tape some conversations. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, not going to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. Obviously, it wouldn't be yeah. live. Although, there could be the chance to do just like a crossover between the two sure. shows somewhere along the line. Absolutely. That would, that would be kind of cool. Anyway, congrats on that. Well-deserved. We certainly earned it. The audience is going to love you down there, and we will certainly stay in touch. All right, Bob. Thanks. Always great talking. I appreciate you having me on. You too, Scott. Thank you. Scott Jackson uh, starts down there in Norfolk uh, July 31st, and that's perfect timing with uh, Commander's Camp underway and the college, as he said. Uh, camps will begin at Old Dominion, which they'll focus on down there, plus Virginia, Virginia Tech. It is kind of interesting what Scott mentioned. They will talk about almost identical topics to us here in Richmond, save my, maybe the, the minor league baseball, uh, you know, where they have the Norfolk Tides at the AAA level down there and an affiliate of the Baltimore Orioles, which regionalizes it even more. We don't qu- cover, you know, the Flying Squirrels quite as much here at the AA level, San Francisco, which is an outstanding organization having a great year, obviously. But there's a little more regionalization with the Norfolk Tides and the Baltimore Orioles, and that could get us into a whole discussion that if and when they ever do build this new ballpark, maybe we would get back to AAA and we would get Washington, and it would give us more of an opportunity to dive into it and talk more about it and embrace it even more. We love the Flying Squirrels. It's great entertainment value. We have Parney on. Al has them on every week. We get them every once in a while. Um, love get out to the Squirrels games. But, look, we need the new ballpark. Uh, we would talk about it, obviously, an awful lot more. You know me. I started here in Richmond in AAA baseball, even if you didn't know me, as a broadcaster for the old Richmond Braves. So I would love to see us get back to the AAA level, and I think the Washington thing makes a lot of sense and, again, would regionalize it even more. But in any event, Scott will be talking about a lot of the same things we will, and he was right about Old Dominion. They open at Tech. Remember, they had Tech at home last year. That was one of their three wins, as it turned out. That turned out to be a really bad loss. For Virginia Tech. Uh, realized that was uh, Brent Pry's first game as head coach and, you know, all of that. He was cutting his teeth, rookie, but still, that was not a good loss for Virginia Tech. So the Hokies will get an opportunity for some revenge on that Saturday night of Labor Day weekend. 
to open the season. And then, as Scott said, Louisiana, they open Sunbelt play in the second week of the year. And then they play Wake Forest the third week of the year. So they get two ACC teams sandwiched in between their Sunbelt opener. Two of those are at home, but still, that's a tough first three-game start for Ricky Ronnie and the Old Dominion Monarchs. All right, we have started the 5 o'clock hour of the Sports Huddle, and here's where it's headed.